Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So I've known what I was gonna preach all week, but I didn't have my story to go with it. And as God always does, He always provides. You just never know. God doesn't say, hey, Pay attention, because I'm fixing to give you a story. It happens in, in the most, uh, you know, you don't realize then that God is going to be teaching you something. And so, anyway, out at the ranch, uh, I was going to feed the dogs, and, um, you know, we got the, the little trash can outside, and, and I, it, was pro- it, it had to have been one of my kids, because I would never do this, because that's why we have kids, is so we can blame them for stuff. Okay, so it had to have been one of the kids. They left the, the top off of the dog food. And so I go in there to get the little coffee can to get the dog food out. And there was three mice huddled in the little can that was in there. Well, you know, I mean, I didn't want those mice to catch anything bad from me. So I put my gloves on and I was going to... You know, there was a time in my life where I'd have killed the mice, mouses, mices, however you say it. But you know what, man? I was feeling generous today. These were just three or four little helpless... I can't remember. I think there was four in there. There was these little helpless creatures, and I was going to rescue them with my gloves on, of course. You know, just so they didn't catch anything from me and take it home to their little mouse babies or anything. So anyway, I I put my leather gloves on because I was fixing to go feed the cows. And I put my leather gloves on. And believe it or not, man, those mice can run real fast in a trash can. Just wah. And I was trying not to hurt them. And I'm chasing them around and everything. And I finally grabbed one of them. I I had five points at him because I only caught him by one back leg. Okay. So I caught him and he was like doing this and going crazy. And I was scared I was going to break his leg. So I kind of loosened up my grip just a tad. And that's when all hell broke loose. Because what it did is it, no, it run up my arm. And when you've got a mouse that I did not realize he had fangs this long. And he was mad. It looked like a ninja beaver running up my arm. And anyway, I was afraid for the mouse. Don't get me wrong, I was not scared. What I was afraid was going to happen is sometimes my ninja abilities, they go on automatic, right? So I didn't want to accidentally kill this poor mouse because I knew he was just trying to get away. So it took everything I had to suppress those cowboy ninja abilities that I got. If you were there seeing, you would have probably been mistaken because the dance moves and everything, me trying to get away from that mouse as it pole vaulted off of my shoulder, was something to be seen. Now, I was not afraid. I don't want y'all to get, get the wrong impression, okay? I was not afraid. I was afraid for the mouse. It took me a long time to pick up all that dog food because I didn't stick my hand back in there again. I just dumped it all out and then picked up the dog food. Isn't that how a lot of people envision Christianity? They think that Christianity is about... Let's do something nice for somebody less fortunate than us. Let's go in there and do something. We don't want it to require a lot of effort. 
and we don't want to get our hands dirty. And as long as it's our plan and it goes according to the way we want it to go, then we are more than welcome uh, or more than happy to do what God calls us to do. We want to do something nice for somebody that are a little more helpless than we are. We want to do something that requires little to no activity unless you call patting yourself on the back for the good deed that we did. This is how a lot of people view Christianity. And when they go out and do the things that God has called them to do, that's the attitude that they go in with. Maybe not on purpose, but you know, we're, we're willing to do something nice for somebody less fortunate than us so that we'll feel better about ourselves and we tell ourselves that, hey, you know, we did something nice for this poor person that was homeless. Or, and, 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 and that's great. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but there's this mentality that we do. And, and I've seen, and I've been guilty of it myself, you know, man, when, when, when you ask God to use you, he never uses you in the ways that you had planned. And I guarantee you, it's never going to go like you think it will. And a lot of people are willing to do something until the mouse runs up their arm and it gets a little scary and then we just quit. But what if God has called you to something more? As a matter of fact, I'm going to be so bold as to say that the reason that you are sitting here today is that God has called you to something more. Because see, God calls all of us to something more than our own selves. But a lot of times we can't get past our own selves in order to do what God has called us to do. Last, last week I asked a question. I asked, what breaks your heart? Not what gets your goat, not what makes you mad, or not what you feel sorry for sometimes. You know, I'm talking about what breaks your heart. If you had to narrow it down to one thing, what breaks your heart? And we talked all about that. And if you missed that, you can go back to our website at savethecowboy.com. At the very top, there's a button that says Watch Live. You can click on that. You can go back and watch all of our sermons, or you can download our app. It doesn't matter if you have an Android uh, smart aleck phone or, or an Apple smart aleck phone. You can download an app. You can listen to the podcast. There's tons of ways, but I encourage you to go back and listen to that. What breaks your heart? What if God has called you to something more than the way that you're living right now? What you are doing right now? What if God's called you to something more? What if God's purpose for your life is just beyond what you are most afraid of? Because that's our question today. Last week is what breaks your heart? Because the answer to that will get you real close to what God's will for your life is. What breaks your heart? This week, we're talking about what are you most afraid of? Because when you answer that question in conjunction with what breaks your heart, then we are narrowing it down to God's call for your life. I don't know what that is, and chances are a lot of you, you don't even know what that is. But I guarantee you, when you start answering these questions, the answers that you've always been searching for, you're going to get real close to God's call for your life. What if the problems in our lives are actually the gates to experiencing the greatness of God? See, in 2 Samuel chapter 23, and I have to thank Mark Klein for introducing me to a book that just fit real nicely. It's the way God works all the time. Whatever you're going through, He gives you the tools and the resources and the message. And maybe this message today 
is for you. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. One verse in the Bible, I believe, can open up the door to God's will for your life. One single verse. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. There was also Ben. His name is actually longer than that, but the first three letters are Ben, and I would probably pull a hamstring if I tried to pronounce the rest of it. There was also Ben, son of, and I can't pronounce his daddy's name, so we're going to call his daddy's name Jed. There was also Ben, son of Jed, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did, talking about Ben, he did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Now, the, an interesting thing about going to Israel, which I, you need to go, we're probably going to do another trip in a year or two, start saving now, it's amazing. But when we were standing at the Dead Sea, if you look east, there was a range of mountains, and there was Mount Nebo. And that's the mountain that Moses died on, and that's as far as God allowed Moses to go because Moses didn't do, kind of disobeyed God and did something he wasn't supposed to, but God allowed him to look into the promised land and see the promised land before he died. That was all in Moab. So just to show you, I mean, like we're standing at the Dead Sea, which is in the promised land, and then just right there is a set of mountains, probably about as far, maybe well, closer than the mountains are to us, the foothills, I mean, closer. Move those things to about Franktown, and that's about how far away it is. So that's, that was Moab right now. So uh, Ben did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. And here it is. One sentence. Another time, on a snowy day. What did you do today in a snowy day? What did you do last week during all the snow? What did you do? Because you know what Ben did? Another time, on a snowy day... Ben chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Ben chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Let's put that in some other terms. I want you to imagine this fellow named Ben. He is walking along and he sees a lion. What is the one thing that most people do when they see a lion? Turn around and go the other way, right? You look like Ty running on the beach, just going the other way as fast as they can, but not Ben. See, when Ben saw the lion, he didn't run away from it. He chased it. And not only did he chase it, but it's snowing, and he's chasing the lion. And when the lion falls into a pit, Ben jumps down into the pit and kills it with his hands. Now, he might have had a knife or something like that, but what he didn't do was stand on the top of the pit and shoot it with bow and arrows. He jumped down into the pit and killed the lion. Here's the question. Do you think that you've had a problem lately? Have you run into the problem of walking along, feeding your cows, feeding your horse, going to clean out a stall, and you ran into a lion? Chances are you have not. Of course, if you let that out on the bijou, the chances are pretty good. You might be able to run into a lion then. But how many of us, when we come face to face with a lion on a snowy day, that's a problem. 
But see, most of us would run away from our problems, and that's exactly what we do in our life. When we see something that we're afraid of, when we run into a problem, the first thing we do when we run into a problem is turn around and run the other way. Why do we always ask God to rescue us from our problems and fears? I guarantee you most Christians, including myself at times, the majority of our prayers is, number one, to keep us safe. Number two, to take away our problems. And number three, to keep us from our fears. And the Bible says that Ben didn't run away from his problems. He ran toward his problem. And what happened? If he chased a lion into a pit, that means his problem was running away from him, but he didn't stop there. He jumped into the pit, and he didn't stop there. He killed the lion. Why do we always ask God to rescue us from our problems and our fears? Right now, I'm going to go through five things that will change the way you think about that problem that you're going through right now. We're going to talk about five things that will hopefully change the way you think about your biggest fears. How many times have we asked God, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you letting this happen? What if we can answer that question after five statements on changing the way that you think about your problems and your fears? The very first thing that we can learn from the story of Ben is to chase down your problems and fears instead of running from them. If you run from your fears and problems, then the devil can keep you away from God. Think about that. If you're one that has been like me, that anytime there's resistance, anytime that there's a problem, anytime that there's a fear, we turn around and run from it. Have you ever tried to keep a horse from getting out of a gate or something? All you have to do is jump in front of it most of the time and yeah, 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 to keep him from going where he wants to go which is out. Isn't that what the devil does to us all the time? Anytime we start getting close to God, devil will jump in front, create a problem, or do something and go, yeah, 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 and we turn around and run the other way, and he sits there and laughs at you. Because we are constantly running from our fears and running from our problems instead of chasing them down and doing something about it. But you see, God is bigger than any problem and mightier than any fear that you have. So if God is bigger than any problem and He's mightier than any fear that you have, then why are you scared of it? Why won't you chase it down? Because you've probably been like me and and you're relying on your own self. You're, You're relying on your thoughts. Your thoughts are your God. You don't listen to God. You make God listen to you. I'm scared. I don't want to do that. We need to chase down our problems and chase down our fears because in Isaiah 41.10... It says this, God speaking through Isaiah, don't be afraid. Did you know that the command, the most often repeated command of Jesus and the most often repeated command of the Bible, people people say, why do you, you know, Christianity is about following God and doing what God says to do and what Jesus said to do. And people say, oh, that's hard. Did you know that the most often repeated command over and 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 over in the Bible is don't be afraid? And it says it right here in Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid. This is God. He's not just talking through Isaiah. Guess what? He's talking to you. Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Now see, you you notice he didn't say, "For, for I'm with Ben. He didn't say, for I'm with Kevin. 
for I am with Ty, for I am with Griffin. He says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious hand. <laughs> Is, I mean, come on. If there was Gatorade, you'd be dumping it right now. Because that is an awesome, awesome verse. But that verse is not for me. It's for you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What if the problems and fears that we have are not something to run away from, but run to, because God is on the other side of them? Why do we not why are you not experiencing God in your life? Because you've been too busy running from your problems and running from your fears instead of going after them because God says right here, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand, which is kind of a bonus for us righties. He didn't say left hand, but that's a joke. Both my mom and my brother are left-handed. The first thing to change the way you think and feel about your problems is this. Number one, chase down your problems and fears instead of running from them, run to them. Run through them. Because God says right here, I'm going to be with you. And the second thing, quit looking for the safe alternative. Even if you do chase your fears, see Ben, he chased his fears, but when, his, when, when, it, when it seemed that the, the lion, you know, there was nowhere to go, you notice he didn't stand on the edge in a safe spot chunking rocks or chunking arrows at the lion. He jumped in. See, a lot of us, even when we do face our fears, we want to do so from a very safe spot. But quit looking for the safe alternative every time. Jump in the pit and face your problems mano y mano. Man to man, woman to woman, whatever the case may be. Because listen to this. Being safe does not keep you from harm. It keeps you from God. Being safe does not keep you from harm. It keeps you from God. Because God says, I will be with you. Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. And you know who he experienced out on that water? Was Jesus. The other people didn't. Jesus didn't reach down and touch the other 11 that were cowering in the boat, he reached down and grabbed Peter and lifted him up above the waves. And he'll do the same for you. Being safe does not keep you from harm. It keeps you from God. In Acts 4.13, we're going to have two verses that are 4.13 in a row. In Acts 4.13, it says this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now, these are, these are the real religious people, okay? And, I, and maybe a lot of you don't really consider yourself real religious people. Real religious people, you want to know what the first thing they usually ask me is? They say, oh, have you been to seminary? What theological seminary did you go to? I said, the pastor? I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't go to seminary. And neither did, neither did Peter and John, because it says right here, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Now in the area of theology, 99% of us are uneducated and untrained men, just like Peter and John, and look what God did through them. 
For when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. See, it doesn't take a seminary deal for God to shine through you. As a matter of fact, He works better through uneducated, untrained people like me, like you. But the only requirement is not a theological degree to spread the Word of God. It's boldness. And you will not learn how to be bold if you're always running from your fears and playing it safe all the time. Because being safe does not keep you from harm. It keeps you from God. The third thing, kill your problems and fears and they won't return. You may run into a similar one down the road, but how many times do we just... Hope the problem falls in a pit and then we leave and it eventually gets out and it comes back and it hurts us twice as much as the first time or the third time. Does it seem like this is always happening? Why does this always happen to me? Well, the reason is, is that you weren't chasing it down. You were playing it safe and you definitely wasn't getting in there and dealing with it. Following God doesn't make life easier. Do you think it was easy for Ben to jump down in that pit and kill that lion? I doubt it. But see, following God doesn't make your life easier. It makes you stronger. Would you rather have an easy life or a strong life? It is God's strength that enables us to do what we do, not ours. So when you say, I can't do that, you're exactly right. You can't. That's why you do it anyway, because the outcome, whenever you defeat it, you'll be able to give glory to God. Because if you think you can do it, He'll leave you on your own. And you can fail miserably, and many of us have, have gone down that road. But it's what we don't think we can't do. I can't do that. You are right. Because Philippians 4.13, I told you there was two 4.13s in a row. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you think it was Ben's own might that allowed him to jump down into that pit and kill a lion? The odds are so stacked against him for doing what God called him to do that there's no other reason for success except to say God's power did it through him. Are you ready to have God work through your life like he worked through Ben's life? I hope that the answer is yes. It needs to be yes. Your soul knows it needs to be yes. Because we need to chase down our problems. We need to quit playing it safe. We need to jump down into the pit and kill these problems and fears before they come back to haunt us. It's not our power that we do it through. It's God's power because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us if you're doing what God called you to do. That does not mean that you run out and just be able to do whatever you want to. That's not what that verse means. The fourth thing, God's plan for your life is going to be revealed through two things. Uncertainty, uncertain situations, and uncomfortable situations. God's plan for your life is going to be revealed to you through two things. Uncertain, that means that it's not going to be your plan. That's not going to be your ministry. That's not how God's going to use you. I hear people all the time, they love horses, and they say, oh, my ministry is going to be horses because I love horses. I guarantee you my ministry wasn't going to be standing up in front of people preaching the Bible. I would a lot rather been, you know, uh, something else. That, I like playing the guitar, but God, 
gave me a voice that sucked. So, you know, that's, uh, he says, no, you can't do that. You've got to do this. You tell a good story. You stink at singing. Do you think Benaiah planned on running into a lion? He didn't wake up that day and say, okay, let's see, on my agenda today, I'm going to run into a lion. I'm going to chase it even though it's snowing, and I'm going to jump in a pit and kill it. No, he didn't plan that. It was uncertainty. How many of us try to plan our lives and our days and then get bent out of shape because it doesn't go as planned? Man, I think that is nearly all of us. We've got our day planned out. We've got our week planned out. Man, we're, this is what's going to happen. And the first thing a, a wrench gets thrown in, it just blows us all out. Rawr, rawr, rawr. We start blaming the devil. What if it's God? Because you were following your plan, not his plan. It is the unplanned and uncertainty of life. It is in those areas that you will find God. Not in your little pretty idea of planned and programmed Christianity. You will not find God's will for your life in the pretty and well-planned programs of ideal Christianity. It's not going to happen. God is going to reveal His plan for your life through uncertainty. You're not going to know what's going to happen. You're not going to know how to do it. You're going to say, I don't know how to do this. I, God, why are you asking me to do it? Man, can't the preacher go talk to him about God? And God says, no, I want you to. We'll, we'll leave the, the, the right living to the preacher and tie because they stand up there and talk and they live the lives that we're supposed to live, but as long as the preacher's doing it and I go to church, then that's okay. No, he's calling you to a holy and righteous living life that people will be able to see him through. Not just me and Ty. It is in the unplanned and uncertainty of life that you will find God, not in your pretty idea of little planned Christianity. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. It's, you're not going to be able to plan this out, people. You're not going to be able to say, you know, what's that old saying? If you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. But yet we do it every single day. God, I want to plan this out and I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. Watch me go, God. God says, yeah, you want to go that way? Go that way. You want that comfortable little safe life over here? I'm going to call you to chase lions on a snowy day into a pit and kill them. If there was an, ever an uncomfortable situation to chase a lion into a pit, jump into a pit and kill the lion, it would be on a snowy day. Because I guarantee you, if you did decide to chase a lion, would you do it on a snowy day in some Jesus sandals? Probably not. That sounds uncomfortable to me. But isn't that the way we want Christianity to be? We want it to be comfortable. We want God to make our lives easier. We pray to Him, God, take away this fear. God, take away these problems. And God's saying, man, come through them and come to me. Yeah. Unless you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Following God's lead to an uncomfortable life. and an, Okay, listen to this. Following God leads to an uncomfortable life and a very comfortable eternity. Following, not following God leads to a very comfortable life and a very uncomfortable eternity. Take your pick. Those are your only two. You can live an uncomfortable life and spend eternity in comfort where there is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no uh, sin, there is no fear, there are no problems. You can deal with them all now and be a little bit uncomfortable for a few years and spend eternity in comfort and happiness. 
Or you can continue to do what you do and strive for safety and comfort and no problems down here and spend eternity with a whole lot of them. And the last thing, conquering our fears, chasing our lions into a pit on a snowy day is your resume, is your spiritual resume. Conquering fears and problems is your spiritual resume. Because in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 22 and 23, it says this, These things Ben, son of Jed, did, and won a name among three mighty men. If you want to know about the three mighty men, uh, and then David's mighty men, go read 2 Samuel chapter 23, and you'll learn all about them. David had three dudes that were better than anybody else on earth. He won a name among the three mighty men. He was more honored than the 30, all of them. There was 30, but there was three that were above all the others, right? These things Ben, son of Jed, did and won a name among three mighty men. He was more honored than the 30, but he did not attain to the first three, meaning he wasn't one of the three. Now, if you think this dude was a bad hombre, he didn't even make the top three. What does that tell you about the other three, right? But listen to this. But David appointed him as the captain of his personal bodyguards. Would you like to have a guy that was your bodyguard that chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day? See, God doesn't want you to have a bodyguard. He wants you to be the bodyguard. That's what God's calling your life to. You were meant for something more. And it's waiting for you right on the other side of your problems and right on the other side of your fears. Chasing your lion into a pit on a snowy day won't grant you more honor than everyone else, but it will open the door to God's will for your life. If you've ever asked yourself this question or made this statement, I don't know what God wants me to do. You can ask yourself two questions. What breaks your heart? Number one. Number two, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of giving, my, giving up my nice salary job and my nice comfortable house. I know some people that moved to Guatemala that did exactly like that. And people look at them and they go, man, you're doing advanced Christianity. And George and Vonda said, no, we're just doing what God told us to do. Now, he might not tell you to go to Guatemala, but he is calling you out of your comfort zone. And if you want to discover the will of your life, God's will for your life, it says it right here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We said this verse last week. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I told you I was going to give you five ways to change the way you think about your fears and problems. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you want to know what God's will for your life is? I hope so. You want to be something more than you are right now? Not for your glory, but God's? I hope so. The pattern of this world is running from your fears while seeking safety and security of a problem-free life. God, why won't you take away these problems? God, why is this happening to me? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind by looking at your fears and problems as gateways into who God wants you to be and what He wants you to do. Your problems are the gates. We've been running from the gate. We've been running from God's will in our life. Then you will be able to see God's will for your life, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Come back next week and see how God is going to use you to change the world. If only you will chase a lion into a pit on a snowy day.
Let's go to God in prayer. God, give us the courage to honor you. God, give us the courage to worship you. Give us the courage to depend on you and bold enough to follow you into any pit against any lion that has come our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.